Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast, bringing you juicy combos with thought leaders discussing the wild world of parenting. Taking music lessons and learning to play a musical instrument is so much more than just playing the instrument. It's not about, you know, developing the ability to be able to play music for a living or, you know, even as a hobby. It's more about teaching them to appreciate the process and what it takes to get good at something and appreciate the the steps, no matter how slow they're progressing, uh, but developing that work ethic, which would translate to everything else in life. What up, Vibe Hive? It's your favorite day of the week. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for a new Elevate the Vibe podcast. I'm your host, Jason Berlin, and with me is the beautiful co-host of mine that is your favorite with those sweet, sweet, subtle, supple pipes, Katie Berlin. Welcome to another episode of Elevate the Vibe. This week, we have our dear friend, Mike Gambone, joining us. Mike is one of my oldest, dearest friends. You know, to say he's a best friend is an understatement, really. We're like bros. He's just uh, one of the most inspirational cats that I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. He's an incredibly gifted musician. He's a drummer. He's a piano player. And he's always been one of my biggest inspirations. It's amazing to see him turn his passion into his craft. It's like his passion for drumming, his love for it. That's how you two connected. That's how you built the bond that you have. Like you're saying, it's almost brotherly. And it's amazing to see that also turn into what he's able to do with his time all day, every day. It's amazing. Mike Gambone is an educator, performer, multi-instrumentalist. He studied music for 25 plus years and experienced firsthand what it takes to be a good musician. He got a degree in jazz performance from Towson University in 2004 and toured full-time with the incredible band, The Bridge. Let's welcome Mike to the show. Well, hello, Mike Gambone. Welcome to the Elevate the Vibe podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself to the Vibe Hive audience, if you will? Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on here. Seriously, it's an honor and a pleasure to be on here to talk about Um, My experiences as a musician, as a teacher, as far as music goes, I started playing drums when I was 12 years old. And um, I was uh, very fortunate that I had a father, have a father, who is a musician and just so happened to know the best drum teacher in town. And he signed me up for lessons with him because the only way my dad was going to buy me a drum set was if I took lessons and you know, demonstrated that I was serious about it. And um, yeah, the rest is history. I mean, I, the teacher I had from day one, not only was he an amazing teacher, but mentor and an incredible player, you know, one of those guys that, you know, you want to work for, you know, you want to show up prepared for your lessons week after week. And it was the perfect thing for me at that time in my life because I was kind of lost I went through the whole, you know, experimenting with different sports, playing baseball, basketball, soccer, and all the stuff that that kids do. And eventually you you reach a point where it's like, either you're into that sort of thing or not. And I realized it just, I wasn't athletic, wasn't interested in athletics. And um, drums came to me at the perfect time. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I just started really getting into music on my own. And believe it or not, I have MTV to thank for that. 
<laughs> uh, I wonder how many people in the audience even remember MTV when it actually showed music. I say, what's MTV? I've heard of it. <laughs> Most people know it as like a, you know, a reality TV. <laughs> I've heard of that too. <laughs> Wait, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. There is yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, no, absolutely yeah. not. But it wasn't the reality TV aspect of MTV that got me into playing music. It was watching the the videos, Metallica, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. And I, I realized that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, um, I got to study with the, the best drum teacher around. And I was fortunate to have the support from my parents to pursue it. And yeah, it just became my life. It was all consuming from that point on. It's interesting how you talk about sports and music together. And I, I always felt like, you know, music, yes, it's kind of an individual thing when you start, you know, you got to practice hard, but then, you know, you get into different bands and then it's more of like a group mentality of everyone working together for a common good. So it kind of yeah. brings that sort of feel into your life where maybe you were like, felt like a little more of a loner. Like, you know, I felt a little bit more of a loner, but I also longed for a sense of community and then getting into a band, you're working together for that common goal. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing when you get to experience that, you know, it teaches you so much about teamwork, you know, in the same way that playing sports would, but it's, it's a different thing altogether, but the, the same kind of principle applies you know we work together as a team for a common goal and everybody needs to be held accountable and you know you want to make sure that you do the best you can to not let you know your other bandmates down and just having people in your life that you share a common interest in that you can grow with is so important and i was very fortunate to find that in music i found a group of guys about a year after i started taking drum lessons found a group of guys they were a little bit older than me who wanted to start a band and started a band. And that was my group all the way through, through high school. Yeah. I want to go back a little bit. So the two of you have a lot of history together. You have known each other for many years and you can say that music actually brought you together. Yeah, it's true. I want to hear a little bit about that time in your life when the two of you met, how your relationship formed. And then Mike, since then, what your progression has been like in your career as well, because you've had a pretty cool music career. So I want to, I want to make sure we don't like skim over that at all into what you're doing now. Hey, you want, you want to start? You want me to start? I was going to say, do you want my side of this? Okay. So Mike and I uh, were both enrolled in the marching band program at Towson university. And uh, we were both playing snare drum at the same time. And I distinctively remember a time where, you know, we were having some rehearsals and I said, hey, man, check out this beat that I just figured out. Where it was like, do, 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 do. And it was a simple beat. And it was kind of like a metric modulation sort of sense. And it was based on a group that we both liked. Well, I didn't know that we both liked at the time called Dream Theater. Yes, sir. And um, so Dream Theater was a bit, huge influence for me. And I showed Mike this groove that I knew. And he's like, oh, yeah, I heard that. And so just from something small like that, a little connective tissue, Mike and I realized we were like on the same page and then started hanging out. And we were then trading off drum licks uh, in, uh, you know, band classes and then, you know, practicing together all the time. Because for a lot of people, they don't understand that when you're in a marching band, you don't just play at halftime. You are practicing for, you know, five, six hours a day, every day for weeks and weeks to prepare for this time. And you form bonds with your friends uh, well, they become friends, whether you like them or not. 
<laughs> become friends with these people that you spend hours and hours with perfecting your craft. And so Mike and I spent hours and hours in practice rooms working on rudiments and all the nerdy stuff, all the nerdy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's that part of my life was, it was amazing for so many reasons. And, you know, I think about, um, you know, when I went to college, what my aspirations were and my aspirations were to become the best drummer I can be. And in order to pursue playing drums in college, you had to major in jazz performance. You know, there was no rock drumming major unless you want to go to Berkeley and spend, you know, 40 grand a year, which that, that wasn't happening. Um, so I, I really loved jazz, but like the stuff that I really loved to, to work on was the more like progressive rock, the stuff that Jason's talking about with, you know, dream theater and then like the crazy fusion music. And um, I didn't really have anybody when I first got to Taos and there was no other drummers that were really into the stuff that I was into. And my sophomore year when Jason shows up, he, uh, he isn't all the stuff that I liked. And I'm like, oh, this guy's awesome. And he can play I'm like this. This is exactly what I need, you know, because um, having that camaraderie and that almost like, you know, friendly competition too, is so healthy. And uh, I remember distinctively, like it was yesterday, the first time you and I, you know, had a little drum session in the practice room, you had your big, I think, was that when you had the green Yamaha stage custom? Yeah. Yeah. And you and I sat down, started trading licks and I tried to play like a double bass thing, which that was like a no, no at jazz school. You don't play double bass, you know, but I, that's something I was into. And then you answered my little double bass lick with your own and it was much better than mine. Oh, come on. And I was like, wow, I got to practice. <laughs> I got to practice a lot. And it was, it was a great feeling because, um, you know, again, having that friendly competition is, is so healthy when you're trying to push yourself to be the best you can be. And yeah, Jason and I hit it off right away. And I'm very, very proud to say he's been like one of my closest friends ever since. And then as time evolved now, like after school, we want to hear a little bit about what your life was like post-college, how your career has molded itself along the way out of college i wasn't exactly sure what i was going to do i knew i wanted to play music for a living but i wasn't exactly sure how to do it because i hadn't set myself up to be able to do it just yet i didn't have like five gigs a week and you know i didn't have steady work just yet so um i was fortunate to be getting calls to sub for my, my old drum teacher the guy i was talking about before frank russo um, he was throwing me a bunch of gigs, but it wasn't enough for me to like move out of my dad's basement and get an apartment or anything. So I was looking into going to get a graduate degree because I thought that might buy me some time and also allow me to make some new connections that could lead to more work. So I was looking for a school that would have a TA position available because I didn't want to have a bunch of student debt when I graduated. And I came across the University of Miami and reached out to the percussion director there, sent him an audition packet, and he got back in touch with me and said that, you know, they already have a guy filling the TA position there. But the following year, he'd be graduating, and he would love to have me come down and audition in person. And I was like, cool, yeah, so let me know. 
So it was during the course of that year that I joined a touring band called The Bridge. We were kind of in the jam band scene and um, they were already kind of established regionally. You know, they had a fan base in Maryland and some of the surrounding states. And um, it, it was really intriguing to me to like join a jam band because it, it fuses a lot of styles that I was really into. It's, it's rock, it's funk, it's jazz. Uh, but it's also this other stuff that I wasn't really into. It's, they were very much, all the guys in the band were very much into Grateful Dead and Little Feet and these bands that I had never really listened to before. So it was a great opportunity for me to get some schooling learn about some new music and um, grow with these guys. And that's exactly what we did for the next seven years. We, we toured 200 plus days out of the year all across the country, um, went abroad a couple times and um, lived the, the touring lifestyle, which was something that I always wanted to do. You know, I always aspired to just get that experience, you know, getting out there, um, seeing the world, doing doing what I love um, and, and during that time it was I, I tried to also maintain like a, a steady like teaching schedule back home which was really impossible because I was gone like 200 days out of the year but you know I had a handful of students that that stuck with me through all of that and when I was home I would I would work with them and um, it was great I was I was out there living the living the dream and met my beautiful wife along the way. And here I am, a full-time musician, wife, and now three kids. When you're growing up, I wanna think about like the mental space, not necessarily that you're in, but your parents may be in. So as kids, all of us are like, this is what I wanna be when I grow up. You know, you're a kid and you're like, I wanna be a veterinarian, I wanna be an astronaut, I wanna be a professional volleyball player. And then time goes on and these ideas begin to cement themselves a little bit more into reality. So when you're a child and then you're starting to say like, I wanna be a musician, I actually wanna be a musician. I can imagine that some parents, maybe not all parents, but some parents are like, yeah, that's not a real job. You need to get like a degree in a real field. I could see a lot of kids coming up against that, like parents just saying like, no. And Mike, you were saying your dad was very supportive. He was a musician, so he understood this. What was that dynamic like when you shared with your dad, like, hey, I want to do this as my career? Well, he, he was very stern and saying, you're going to play drums, you're going to take lessons. I remember we were driving somewhere. I was in the backseat of our Dodge minivan. And I said, you know, dad, I want to learn to play drums. He's like, well, you're going to take lessons. And I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever you say, uh, I'll do it. And, um, you know, I was, I was all about it because I knew that if I took lessons, that would mean one day I'll get that drum set and be able to annoy my parents around the clock. <laughs> I'd be able to do what I love to do. So, yeah, I had the full support of my dad um, and he, you know, being a musician himself, he was in contact with some of the best musicians in the area. So that's why he was able to, to connect me with the best drum teacher in the area. And when you decided like, this is what I want to major in, was there ever any pushback or was it like, yeah, go ahead, go for it? Uh, no, 
yeah, yeah. They knew I was all in at that point. You know, by the time I was um, auditioning, I actually, you know what? I think back to it. I only auditioned at Towson. I didn't audition at any other school. Um, so, yeah, my, my dad, he really liked the idea of me going to Towson. And I really liked the idea of going to Towson. They had a good reputation. They weren't too far from home. I wasn't necessarily ready to just move out to you know, like LA and be at the Musicians Institute or anything like that. There's a part of me that thought about it, but I just wasn't ready to be that far away from home just yet. Like I could imagine that there comes a time, let's say that you're a young person and you're thinking like, what do I want to do with my life? And maybe you have a strong conviction where you're feeling, I want to play music. Like this is what I want to do, but you are maybe nervous or afraid to share that with your parents because they maybe made crazy sacrifices in their lives to get you to a certain place. And they're thinking like, no, you're going to go to school to be an engineer. Like, you know what I mean? With, with the students that you have and just the variety of maybe different parents that you come across, do you ever see parents that kind of think like, okay, I'm just indulging my child. I don't think this is going to go anywhere. And they're, they're not taking it seriously, but you can tell that their child has something really special that should continue to be nurtured. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fortunate in that my line of work being a private, you know, music instructor, most of the parents that I come across, like they get it. Like they, they, understand the importance of the arts and nurturing like that the talent of music if their kid shows interest you know they're sending them to take private lessons because they want their kid to have the best shot at developing that skill and really getting in touch with that that passion of theirs um the only like issues i come across sometimes are well there's, there's two main ones one is, you know, the student that claims they want to learn to play music, um, but, you know, they're more in love with the idea and, and not the actual work that goes with it. Um, and some of that is, is the teacher too, right? Like some students are going to, you know, respond to a certain style of teaching that other students will not. Um, and I had to figure that out as a teacher, like, okay, so the way that I learned and the way that I responded to the lessons that I took isn't necessarily going to be the way to teach every student. So you got to like, as a teacher, you got to cater to each student's learning style. Um, but at the end of the day, it's up to the student to, to put in the work and it's their responsibility. But sometimes, you know, parents can push them a little bit more to put in the work to prepare for the lessons. Because a lot of kids, it's so easy to get sucked in into just watching like YouTube videos or um, they're playing video games or watching YouTube videos of people playing video games. You know, so many distractions now, you know. Um, but uh, I'm fortunate in that most of the parents that come across, they get it. They really do. They're they're on board with their kids wanting to pursue playing music and taking lessons and everything that comes with that. I could definitely see the like maybe more Gen Z group of, of like kids right now seeing the availability of 
huge notoriety from overnight success, like quote unquote overnight success that happens very quickly for like YouTube stars or like TikTok stars. And I could see kids feeling anxious. Like I just want to get to that place. Like you're saying, they don't necessarily want to put in the work. They're just like, I just want to get to that outcome. But the work behind it is, is like, yeah, I'm not really interested in that aspect of it. I just want to get to that, you know, insta fame kind of situation. I know it's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, you touched on something that we're dealing with in our household right now, like literally just the other day, exact same thing, what you're talking about. We were, we were witnessing that happen in real time with one of ours. Um, and, and you know, the, the, the fame, the stardom, the attention, all that, it's, it's no different, you know, than when I was a kid looking up to like Lars Ulrich from Metallica and the, the fame that, you know, they experienced as a band and I would, you know, fantasize about maybe one day being in a band like that, but you don't realize all the, the pressure um, that comes with that. You know, it's, it's not all, it's not, not all fun and games because you have people scrutinizing everything that you do. Um, and nowadays it's so easy to scrutinize and insult people uh, online that, you know, you got to have some really thick skin to deal with that. And, um, the, the fame aspect, it's great, but it comes with a price and most, most kids don't understand that that's, it can be a heavy price, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. You brought that up literally yesterday. We were dealing with that same thing here. Well, it's part of the journey. Like, you know, like you're saying, building up the thick skin when you're a young person and you see a certain outcome, you kind of, I mean, not even as a young person, like somebody my age, maybe I'm young to a 90 year old, but like, you know what I mean? You, you just want to get there. You just want to get to that end goal, but it's all of the steps along the way. It's that total journey along the way that builds you to that end goal. And it's like forcing yourself to be in difficult situations, forcing yourself to put time in, in aspects of your craft that are frustrating and you don't want to do it but that's like what builds the resistance. So when you're, when you're teaching and you're with these students, what are ways that you're able to motivate them to get past those places? First and foremost, the kids have to be interested in music. So I always try to find out, you know, what kind of music do you really enjoy listening to? What is something that, you know, you like putting on and jamming out to? Because you have to be interested in music and listening to music in order to play it especially an instrument like the drums. So finding out what they're interested in and then kind of going from there and kind of catering the lessons around what their their interests are because if they can see like a real goal that they can reach and be able to play along with their favorite bands, that's very motivating. So not just having it be exercises and drills to work on just for the sake of doing it, but giving them something to work towards that excites them. Yeah. I feel like for you and I, it was a uh, green day offspring and Metallica that it was like, you know, those were easy enough that we could, you know, map out the grooves a little bit. And then with imitation comes innovation. So, mm -hmm. you know, you start somewhere basic and then all of a sudden I know in my case, I was, I started getting bored of those bands and moving on to rush mm -hmm. dream theater and stuff that was then got me in the giant rabbit hole of, you know, something extremely difficult. So I guess 
this could also like translates to life too because you're learning a discipline it's like kids are learning something that you know when you can adapt it to like mathematics or english or something where you just have to buckle down and like sit there and practice the same thing over and over and you figure out that that discipline of just setting aside time and just grinding these ideas in your head then you can take those skills on to bigger and better things absolutely yeah taking music lessons and learning to play a musical instrument is so much more than just playing the instrument it's not about you know developing the ability to be able to you know play music for a living or you know even as a hobby i feel like most students they're not going to end up playing music for a living so it's more about teaching them to appreciate the process and what it takes to get good at something and appreciate the the steps no matter how slow they're progressing um, but developing that work ethic which would translate to everything else in life you know there's so many young people where they gravitate towards music because everyone gravitates towards it, it it's definitely universal and you can become very attached to like singers, songwriters, the emotions there. And it is, it can become therapeutic in that way. Like it's, it's a release for many people. Music Mm -hmm. is a release. It's a way for them to express, express emotions that they may not have been able to like get out on their own. And it really can be like a safe place for kids. So Mm -hmm. If you if you have students that are highly interested, you know you maybe know it's not going to be their career, but you can see that this is something that is like saving them in a way. It's it's what they need in the moment now. Do you approach teaching those kids in a different way than you would someone that like definitely this they want to do this as their career? Yeah, so. Young kids can have a tough time navigating their self through life and finding where they fit in because there's so much pressure to like fit in a certain way. And, you know, when you have those students that are that really need that thing to latch on to, to feel some sense of purpose, um, I, I do everything in my power to find that approach that will help them get what they need out of music and the process of learning about music. It's not about, you know, opening up a, a book with a bunch of exercises in it and say, okay, read these and, uh, you know, see you next week. It's, it's not about that. It's, it's gotta be so much more than that. And um, finding whatever excites them and makes them feel good, gets them to that happy place. And focusing on that is what I find is the most um, most important thing. Have you noticed in the past year or specifically in 2020 with just the change of in-person lessons versus like virtual lessons, have you noticed a shift in how kids respond if it's not in person versus like Zoom lessons? Yeah. Yeah. So so much easier for a kid to like be playing video games while appearing to be engaged in the lesson. Meanwhile, they're like, communicating with their friends and online. Really? Oh, they're doing that during lessons? Oh, these kids. Well, oh. I, I don't feel all that bad. I feel bad for all the teachers who are teaching like, you know, full on band class. And they have to 
keep tabs on like 30 different kids. And yeah, I've heard some stories about band directors and what they've gone through over the past year. And it's my situation. It's actually really helped me um, kind of re-examine like how I teach, why I teach it. And it's helped me to refine just my, my, my whole approach because you can't teach the same way virtually you can in person. Um, <clears throat> it's forced me to, uh, to just try a lot of different things to be as effective as I possibly can be in the virtual kind of environment. Um, it definitely came with its challenges for sure, but I, I, I knew that I had to, you know, just make some adjustments and, and experiment with different ways of approaching the lessons to make them fun um, and productive and um, just as enjoyable as the in-person lessons. And it's definitely helped me to, to step up my game for sure. If there are parents who have kids where the kids are maybe showing interest or showing signs that they could potentially want to take a music class, maybe they're finding an affinity towards a certain instrument, how would you guide a parent to say it's worthwhile for you to invest in a music class at this point versus like your kid just is maybe has like a phase for a, several months and they're going to kind of be past that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I give every student a chance to like show that it's really something they want to dedicate themselves to. And I, I applaud all the parents that even if they don't really see their kids having a real interest in music, at least giving them a try, giving it a try to have them, you know, try some music lessons and see if it is something that they, you know, that they really take to. Um, but I, you do reach that point as a teacher where you, you know, if a student is going to put in the time, you know, if it's really something that interests them, um, I love hanging out and just like talking music and hanging with all these kids, all ages, you know, I teach from three years old to even have a 55 year old now. So I, I enjoy hanging out with all of them, but at the end of the day, I'm being paid to, you know, for a certain job to, to provide them with music lessons that, you know, really at the end of the day, the lessons themselves don't amount to anything if they don't go home and practice the material. So if it becomes, a parent that eh, they're just here for the hang and not really interested in putting in the work. I'll, I'll let the parents know. I'll be honest with them. And um, every single one of them, whenever I've had to do that, they've been very appreciative of my honesty. Cause it's not like I'm trying to say your, your kid isn't good enough or it's, it's more so, okay, you know, it's great that your kid gave this a try, but maybe their interest is elsewhere. And I think as parents, you know, you want, to give your kids as many opportunities as possible to try different things um, just to see what sticks and what really like intrinsically motivates them. Um, I was just very lucky to, to strike gold with my, my first attempt. You know, I talked to people, musician friends of mine who started out on one instrument and went to like three different instruments before they found the one, you know, and I, I lucked out, I found it right away. Well, as parents, you want to be able to do that for your child, but at the same time, like some of these instruments are expensive mm -hmm. and it's, and it's not always easy to maybe find a place or time for them to practice. You know, it's like, okay, well I want to try the tuba and it's like, 
you know, or I want to tr- try the uh, st- what the standing bass drums. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> or even the drums. Like these are big instruments, and it's like okay, well, if I buy you that fifteen hundred dollar yeah. violin, yeah. are you really going to go for yeah. it? You know, and it's hard to figure out like when to press the gas and when to press the brakes as parents. Like it's not an easy decision to make. No, certainly not. Um, I, I think about how much my craft you know, playing drums and even playing some piano, how much that costs. But I talked to some friends of mine who have kids that play hockey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were just having this conversation the other day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to talk about a lot of money. That's Well, then they, they grow out of their equipment every year too. So you got to re-up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, having the, having the, the, the money, um, having the space for them to be able to explore whatever it is they're trying to work on. Yeah. It, no doubt. You know, I was, I was very fortunate. I had a lot of, um, forces, um, working with me to, to allow me to, to make a bunch of noise and develop that skill. But yeah, a, a, as parents, you know, you're always trying to figure out what you can do to help your kids succeed in whatever it is they want to do and it's unfortunate if if finances become an, an issue you know you never want it to be that way um but that is a reality the one thing nowadays that's somewhat helpful with that is if you do spend a bunch of money on something that's you know stretching your bank account a little bit if it proves that you know your kid isn't into it just put it up on Facebook Marketplace and <laughs> <ta-da>! Thanks, <Zuck. laughs> you couldn't do that 20 years ago yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can definitely be pretty resourceful nowadays too. Like you could always buy something used, you know, like yeah. we do have access to a, yeah. and a there's lot more. Music and Arts Center has, you know, entry level violins. You don't have to get the Stradivarius right off the bat. You know, you can work up to that. Uh, so, well, yeah. And also kids can like kind of check out lessons on different platforms as well to see, you know, what's out there. And like, we didn't have YouTube lessons growing up and now, you know, and Mike, I'm sure you'll speak to this in a minute. There's online curriculums for uh, instruments all over the place. You know, one extremely amazing one I know on Udemy uh, (laughs) that that will help kids (laughs) learn the skills that they need to, to master an instrument just even from their own home, you know? It's amazing. You know, if, if kids would use it for that more than the other stuff, you know, it's, there's just a wealth of knowledge at their fingertips and just taking advantage of that. And yeah, you and I wanted to watch drum videos. We had to buy the VHS tapes, the DCI VHS tapes. And I could only afford one. I only had Back to Basics by Dave Weckl. I never got to the next step because I couldn't afford the second one. <laughs> that was like 25 years ago. It's all years you need. Ago. It's all I, you need. I, all I know are the basics, though. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's yeah. just going to keep you working, though. Yes. Nobody wants the flashy stuff. Yeah, nobody wants that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weapon. <laughs> if parents want to begin to like traverse this terrain and figure out, okay, how do I, you know, find an instructor that's reputable, that's that has like the right background? What are different like facets of somebody's accreditation that a parent should look for? Mm. Well, you know, word of mouth talking to people who have that firsthand experience. Um, yeah, that's another thing that now you have reviews you can see online. I mean, you don't always know 
for sure if the reviews aren't from like their family members or something just trying to make them look good but um yeah i i think most parents don't really know what to look for other than a person who doesn't seem like they're creepy and you know, they, they they have some um experience whether it's they got degrees or experience you know just performing or just hearing from other people that they're a reputable instructor um yeah yeah I, it's just like anything else you don't really know about like when i go to buy something off amazon i really don't know anything about i look at the reviews and um maybe even ask around to some some smart friends who have used a certain product and get their opinion on it so yeah if you can get enough people's opinions who have firsthand experience with that person and also seeing what you can find about found out find out about them online um, and you'll know too like pretty much every student every kid who comes here for lessons uh their parents sit in the first few lessons and i encourage that so their parents you know learn to like trust my process and what i do because it's their kids you know and they want to know that their kids are safe and are getting good instruction and um that their money is going towards something that's that's really worth it so yeah seeing it firsthand be helpful too now if there is a parent listening or anyone listening you know themselves that might be interested in learning more about drumming Jason gave you that little slick plug there, but I want you to also share about your course that you offer. That's so nice of you guys. Um, so my course, it's on Udemy. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, U-D-E-M-Y. It's um, a site where you can take a course in pretty much anything, whether you want to learn play drums or basket weaving. Uh, it's a course for just about everything. So it's on there. Um, so if you go on there and just search Mike G's drum set crash course, you'll see I have two parts on there. There's part one, part two. And yeah, they're on there for purchase. And, and it's an extensive course. Yeah, so part one has, what, 22 lessons. Um, and each lesson, you know, it's like a six to 10 minute video lesson to me breaking down the material. And I talk about, you know, the, the music notation, learning how to read music starting from square one. And then there's MP3 files that come with each lesson. So you can actually listen to the different examples and hear what it's supposed to sound like. Cause when you put something online for people to learn from, you want to make sure you're like covering all your bases, like the different learning styles. Some people love the idea of seeing notes on a page. They, they really connect with just that visual aspect. Other people like just hearing it. Some people can just hear something and know, okay, that's what it's supposed to sound like. And some people like both, you know, they're visual and, and auditory. So yeah, each, each lesson is six to 10 minutes and you get the music notation that you can print out with it. You get MP3 files um, and it starts from square one. You know, the first lesson is just basic stick technique and part one goes up through like, you know, it's all still pretty basic stuff. It doesn't get advanced. Part two is more like intermediate stuff and my plan was eventually do a part three and get into some more advanced stuff but one day one day you're gonna have jason come in for like a little cameo on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> demonstrating his sick double bass chops yeah we're gonna sure. do some hybrid rudiments today it's yeah. <laughs> a pat of flat flat fives <laughs> if you had to leave the audience with a key takeaway you know from perspective as a parent what is something that you would want to impart on them 
giving your kids as many opportunities as possible to find the thing that they're really drawn towards because success, right? It's like talent meets like opportunity. You know, you have this thing that you're really good at, um, but you don't know it yet. So you got, you got to find that. So having the opportunities to like find whatever that thing is. Um, so yeah, just being open to allowing your kids to try different things until they really find that thing that they're meant to do. Um, Cause that can mean you're signing them up for a lifetime of, of joy and happiness and fulfillment, you know? Are there any resources that you think are valuable that you would want to leave the audience with? Oh, well, Elevate the Vibe, if you haven't heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I think as far as the resources that I've checked out in recent years, it, your podcast has been amazing. I've listened to a few different episodes, especially there was one about, like, um, arts, the, the arts, like getting kids, you know, interested in art and, like, kind of nurturing that thing. I found that fascinating we sign our kids up for a class called music together and they have instructors that run a class of like 12 kids all age like infant to like toddler age and they play music sing songs and yeah pass out different percussion instruments for them to play it's it's a great way to get your kids you know into music and even learn some stuff about music too you know they incorporate um, some music theory believe it or not I don't know if many of the kids are really soaking that aspect up but it's there for the ones that are you know that are interested and where can everyone find you if they wanted to reach out maybe dabble in a virtual class if they're not located in Maryland well have like a Google business page there's also MikeGambonedrums.com. I am on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram is what? Gbone0623 is my handle. And then Facebook, you can find me on Facebook just by searching my name. I got like my personal page and then I have my, my business page. You can find as well. Right on, right on. Well, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our show. You're an incredible friend of mine and just one of the most inspirational drummers I've ever met. Always keep me going. And the fact that you are now devoting your life to helping the kids, pushing the kids forward and still maintaining gigs and everything like you're really just living that full 360 lifestyle of a professional drummer. And I look up to that and I just really appreciate your time with us and, uh, you know, imparting some of your wisdom on us. Um. I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and talk with you guys and impart whatever little wisdom I have to impart. If these two were in person right now, they would be making out and giving each other oh, a hug. <laughs> we, we, we'd have the drumsticks. It's a out, love fest. Pads. Good it's thing we live fest. on opposite coasts. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks again for spending time with us to help elevate the vibe and we'll catch up with you again. Sounds great. Love you guys. Thank you again. Thank right, you. Thanks. Bye. Hey there, Vibe Hive babes. If this podcast has brought you any value, please rate and review on your favorite listening platform. And if you're feeling really generous, share with a friend. Visit us at elevatethevibe.co for show notes on this episode and previous episodes. This podcast is intended to educate, entertain, and inspire. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider with any questions you may have. And as always, thank you for joining us to Elevate the Vibe.